All right, and welcome to Real Estate Fight Club. This is a special series called What Would You Do? where we talk about professional standards and ethics cases and violations. And here with me today is Rachel Real, the broker for Rachel Real Real Estate in Chicago. Hey, Rachel. Morning, Jen. How are you? I don't know. Are we getting a good one today? We're getting kind of a good one. Yeah, I thought we'd take a deep dive into a particular article and a particular issue within the article. <laughs> so what we'll call this one, what would you do breaking it down? Breaking it down. Is We're it gonna break it down? Like a break dance with it? There probably is, but you wouldn't want to see me do it. No, you're not a good dancer? <laughs> no. Do you know how to salsa? No, I have never, never danced at all. I, I mean, like, you know, the dance classes in our future. It might be. It would take a lot of wine for that. <laughs> then you'll feel loose and free, you know? Right. Yes, yes. Exactly. All right, let's hear it. <clears throat> All right. So what we're going to do is talk a little bit about Article 3 of the Code of Ethics, which simply states, you know, as the article itself, realtors shall cooperate with other brokers, except when cooperation is not in the client's best interest. The obligation to cooperate does not include the obligation to share commissions, fees, or to otherwise compensate another broker. Oh, so okay. you break that down a little bit means we are all obligated to cooperate with one another because that would obviously fulfill our fiduciary duty to our client by making sure that they get in the houses they want to see. And that's, that requires cooperation between agents. When would cooperate, but it says like, unless it's not in the best interest. And I was trying to think of like, when would cooperation not be in the best interest of the client? That's a good question. And I think that's going to very much depend on the, on the particular situation of the client. I can't think of a whole lot of instances where it's not going to be in the client's best interest. Yeah, I couldn't you really know. think of any either. I mean, you're, okay. as the agent, you're the fiduciary for, the, for your own client and you're directed to do whatever, that they're, whatever they ask you to do within the, the confines of the law, obviously. They ask you to do something illegal. No, you can't do that. Well, However, it's the old car, right? So old what's that? Isn't it your old car is what you're, so as long as it's, right? Like obedience. I don't know if I've heard that. Yeah. It like stands for obedience, loyalty. Oh, yes. Yes. Right. The acronym for the, for the duties you're, you're your duty. required to provide to your clients. Yes. It's been a long time since I went back to that acronym. <laughs> I just oh, boy. my CE, so. There you go. So it's fresh in the mind. It's fresh as I skimmed the CE. I was like, oh yeah, right. old car. Right, right, okay. old anyway. car. So, All right, so, so what we're going to do is- Operation collapsed with compensation. Right, so I think a lot of agents get confused between the with the difference between the offer of cooperation and the offer of compensation. And just because you are making an offer of cooperation does not necessarily mean you are offering- compensation uh, if that makes sense uh, <laughs> gets a little sticky I don't like where this so, is going you don't like it well this this is something that we kind of need to talk about all right so standard of practice 3-1 within article article 3 states realtors acting as exclusive agents or brokers of sellers or landlords establish the terms and conditions of offers to cooperate unless expressly indicated in offers to cooperate Cooperating brokers may not assume that the offer of cooperation includes an offer of compensation. Terms of compensation, if any, shall be ascertained by cooperating brokers before beginning efforts to attempt the offer of cooperation. So there's a lot of comp cooperation compensation in there. So if we break it down a little bit, 
Okay. Realtors acting as agents of sellers or landlords. So we'll stick with sellers in this yeah. one. So as a listing agent, I sit down with my seller to establish the terms and conditions of offers to cooperate. Okay. So we're going to sit down and we're going to list a property or have a discussion about listing the property. And we're going to talk about how I get paid, how the buyer's agent gets paid. What does the seller want to offer? What am I negotiating as my compensation as their listing agent? And what offer, if any, do we want to make to the cooperating agent, right? Mm -hmm. Unless expressly indicated in offers to cooperate, cooperating brokers may not assume that the offer of cooperation includes an offer of compensation. So just because you've now made an effort to, or you've sat down with your seller and your, your client to determine all of these factors of your offer of cooperation, a cooperating broker can't assume that that your discussion with your seller also includes an offer of cooperation, co compensation. Which is so, I get it, but it's also, right. I mean, I understand, I hear the words. Right. I'm not understanding why it's broken up, especially because of how compensation is paid by the seller. I would understand it being broken up if we had a tradition of compensation being paid by whoever you represent, like a buyer, buyers pay the buyer. Well, and, th and that's exactly what this kind of alludes to a little bit. So let's break it down a little bit more. So if you're looking at the fact that as, as a seller, your agent is your agent. So your agent has negotiated with you their compensation for that. Assuming that the buyer's agent or the cooperating agent has a, a relationship agreement or an exclusive re representation agreement or even non-exclusive with his client. If you look at any buyer agency agreement, it discusses compensation. Yeah, but so, agents don't have that, which they should. If you don't have it, get one. If you don't, you're leaving yourself vulnerable. And we just did um, a what would you do about how compensation isn't supposed to be part of the contract. And it's not. It's the con that compensation between the cooperating broker and the buyer is that is completely separate than the contract to purchase a property. Rachel, we're fighting. I know. <laughs> okay. So well, think, think about what's happening with NAR and the fact that just in this past week, they've made changes that are going to start trickling down. You know, we're going to get information from our local associations. MLS is now are going to require that the client copies and, and IDX feeds and all that stuff that goes out to our clients is going to now show the buyer brokerage compensation. Which and I thought, oh, well, it doesn't go to the IDX feeds, but it shows it in the MLS. It doesn't here. So it, if you look at our copy, so an agent copy, it certainly does. But if you, if you toggle down and pick a client copy, so if you're going to print copies for your client, that's usually a different version. Yeah. And that client copy does not include the buyer brokerage compensation. I feel like taking cooperation and compensation and putting them separate is like a slippery slope, right? So if I represent the um, seller and the seller's like, yes, I want you to cooperate, but I would like their, the buyer to pay for theirs. So then we're offering zero compensation. The seller is offering zero compensation to the buyer. Okay. Mm -hmm. That would be so easy to do because as realtors, our code of ethics, we can't not show because of the compensation. Ding, 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 ding. So it's like, why would the seller offer any? 
Precisely. So this is kind of, it's an interesting topic for discussion, but think about this in terms of a for sale by owner, right? Mm -hmm. So if you approach a for sale by owner, which would essentially be the same thing as and is a property that may or may not be listed, but there is no offer of compensation being made because it's not of the MLS. So when I have a conversation with the seller, it's MLS the offer of compensation is made via the MLS. So with us not being in the MLS, there isn't that offer yet. No, but even in the MLS, the MLS is not, the MLS is not used. It's only used for cooperation, not compensation. Not true. Not true. Okay. Not true. Yes. For compensation. It's both. It's for compensation. So in the absence of a property not being on the MLS, as a buyer broker, then you have to negotiate that and ensure that you have that all ironed out before you show a property. So for allowed to do it on the offer. I suppose if you wanted to, what you could do is you could ask for a seller credit, which then that buyer is going to get the seller credit at closing and use that to pay their agent. Yeah, because we've had, but but in the event that you can't get the seller to agree to a closing cost credit, now you've completely left yourself very exposed. So if you're a buyer's broker and you don't have a buyer agency agreement in place, your your buyer says, well, 100% get one. But if you're, if you say to your buyer, well, Hey, let's, let's talk about this. We're going to go through the buyer agency agreement. This is how I'm going to be compensated. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to try and get that from the listing side from the seller via a closing cost credit. If they don't give you one, or if they don't cover the entire expense, then it will be on you to supplement that with, with your payment. You agreed that it would be owed. Yeah. Right. So think about this, right? So the other day I was, I, I looked at a place with my husband to buy. Kind of like thinking, what do we want to do with ourselves? You now should that not represent are yourself. Did you not listen to the podcast? Well, that's the, uh, yeah, I completely disagree with that. <laughs> no, I no, no. I've represented myself. I don't know, but 10 times now okay. it's always gone fine. I want to fire my husband as my husband and a client by the time it's over, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> All the more reason you should not represent yourself. Right. So we go look at a place and we're like, hmm, I, I really like the location. I like this whole concept. I like the, I like the subdivision. I like everything. Um, but this particular one isn't quite what we're looking for. A little bit small, whatever. So I go back to my MLS and I start searching around and I go, okay, well, some, some, uh, another brokerage in town has a whole lot of listings that have come and gone there. So the same night I reach out to the agent and I say, hey, you know, via email, um, I, you know, do you ever have, if you ever have anything coming up in this this subdivision, would you let me know? Emails back and says, holy crap, your timing couldn't have been more uh, more on. I just signed listing paperwork five minutes ago for a new okay. unit in there. <clears throat> Great. Okay. I want to take a look at it. Can I take a look at it? Sure. You can take a look at it today at four o'clock. Great. Uh, uh, okay. It's not in the MLS yet. So what is my compensation? Okay. Nothing. I have, it's nope. my responsibility to make sure that I get that in writing from that other agent, that listing agent, because it's not yet in there. Right. So as of right now, as of our email exchange and my setting up the appointment, the cooperation is there. Yes. But because it's not in the MLS and that offer of compensation hasn't been made, I have to make sure that I iron that out before I walk in the door. And you're seeing it off you're seeing it off the book. So are they letting everybody in or just you in? And that's like a whole nother topic we've worked, done. No, that it's, it's now in the private network. It just should, it just popped up. I just actually emailed my husband about five minutes ago and I said, Hey, it's officially in. So it's in the private network now because now that they've opened it up to us, it's gotta be open to everybody, which is totally fine. Right. But if it wasn't, then what I would have to do is make a separate agreement between myself and the other brokerage and say, 
for my showing of this particular property. What is the compensation? This is the compensation that's going to be due. It is, it is interesting. And we did do a um, podcast on should the buyer pay their representation, you know, because it is customary for the seller to pay currently, right? It's, can, it's really not though, because it's the transaction that pays it, which is the best way I've heard explained as to how to explain it to a client. Okay. So yes, it's coming out of the seller's proceeds, but, but the seller wouldn't have any proceeds if it wasn't for you buying the it. Buyer. That's true. So the best way I've, the best determination I've come up with based on all these conversations is the transactions paying for it. It's a little bit of you, a little bit of me. It's the uh, transaction okay. itself. Because if the transaction wasn't there, nobody would get even getting paid. Right. But I got like a lot of pushback because I think there should be like buyer agreements, just like there are seller agreements, right? I Well, and there are, they just aren't being used the way they should be. And when you look at license law, license law says that at the time you're providing services, you have to have something in writing. Yeah, so something in violation that's not using it. Right, right. A tattling spree. It's it's kind of nuts. So, you know, I don't know. I don't have a buyer brokerage agreement with myself. I probably should put one in writing just in case I ever get audited. But at least for your, you know, your husband. Right. Yeah. Somebody comes back to sue me later for whatever friggin' reason. I got something. <laughs> but if you look at the last sentence of that of that standard of practice 3-1, it says terms of compensation, if any shall be ascertained by cooperating brokers before beginning efforts to accept the offer of cooperation. So that the onus to get that buyer brokerage commission paid is on the cooperating broker. It is not, because think about this, as a seller, right? And I'm the listing agent. If I were to, if if somebody was to call me and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in showing one of your properties or whatever it is, or in this particular instance with the townhome, is that listing agent going to go back to her, going to say to me, well, how do you want to be compensated and make the, make the proactive offer? No, no, because if her client ever found out she did that, she'd be up poop yeah. Creek, but this is giving away her seller's money. I mean, this is all the more reason to get like a buyer agency agreement because then it's 128% the buyer, what is being paid. And then you can have the conversation like, Hey, look, this, um, the transaction is offering X percent. And there's a gap between what we agreed my fee was and you versus right. what the transaction is paying. So we're going to have to come up with that in the transaction, which we, po- we can do, but I just right. want you to know, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit different than if, you know, the other ones that we're looking at or whatever. And I feel like that's like a lot cleaner than trying to, um, do it after the fact. 100%. Think about if you were to sit down when you're sitting down with a seller with a listing agreement, right? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't sit down and just completely gloss over the commission and go, okay, here, here's what we're going to, I'm going to list it. And I'll come back to you later and negotiate it based on what I think I might deserve. No. How the, in what world is that ever going to fly? It's not going to work. No. So why is it any different on the flip side? I don't know. Why is it any different? I don't know. And I think, and NARs change also with the fact that you can, buyers agents can no longer term their services as free. They're not unless free. They're, they're not, well, they're not free, right? But everybody has always gone around saying my services are free. It costs you nothing. Unless you are getting a, a paycheck with a big old goose egg on it at the end of the day and the end of that transaction, you cannot say that your services are free. So I think those two things are going to make sure it's going to, it's going to encourage buyer's agents now to do what they should be, should have been doing all along, which is getting the buyer's agency agreement and having the conversation with their buyer. 
Well, let's take a short break, talk about a couple of partners. And when we come back, you yes. can talk with us even more. All right. Yes. So, <laughs> so we have more more. Two sponsors I want to talk to you about is, um, the first one is Monica's company, Ghost Poster. So you know you should be posting online on social media, but you don't know what to post. Ghost Poster is a really good, um, they provide, she provides you to post every single day. All you have to do is copy and paste it. It's so easy. And if you go to mycoachmonica.com, enter in Fight Club, you'll get, uh, you'll get a discount. And then the other one is my coach, Coach John Kitchens. And I think he, for like, as we related to this instance, it'll help you strategize on what to say to get, if you're not getting buyer agreements, like how to wrap your head and mindset around that and how Absolutely. what to say. Um, and then he can also, if there's a gap, help you with strategies for how to maybe write the contract differently or get the offer compensation or whatever strategies to make sure that you get paid appropriately, that everybody understands because we all work to get paid, Right. Right. I mean, nobody's running a charity, but you also want to, you just want to know. I mean, we all have to, we're we're all working at the end of the day for, for the paycheck and and to make sure that we can support ourselves. So Um, if you want to find out. This is just how we choose to do it. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to find out if he'd be as good a coach for you as he is for me, go to callcoachkitchens.com, enter in Fight Club, and you'll get a free 30-minute business assessment. All right, Rachel, cooperation and compensation are not the same. Not the same. And as a buyer's agent, it is your responsibility to make sure that you negotiate that prior to stepping over the threshold and showing that property or looking at it, whatever it is. And you also are not, you have to show it, even if it's less, like you have to show it. It can't be a factor in showing it or not. Absolutely. And if it becomes a factor in showing it. You're in deep shit. You're violating article 16. So what a fantastic segue. Article 16 is realtors shall not engage in any practice or take any action inconsistent with exclusive representation or exclusive brokerage relationship agreements that other realtors have with clients. It's kind of the broad broad thing. 16-16, which applies more to what we're talking about here, is realtors acting as sub-agents or buyer tenant representatives or brokers shall not use the terms of an offer to purchase to attempt to modify the listing broker's offer of compensation to sub-agents or buyer reps or brokers, nor make the submission of an executed offer to purchase contingent on the listing broker's Mm. agreement to modify the offer of compensation. So in a nutshell, if you don't like the offer of compensation, you must renegotiate that prior to showing the property. And you cannot let that, whatever that determination is, whatever that agreement is, you cannot use the terms of an offer to modify that. You cannot use, you cannot put commission above your client's best interests. If your client's best interest is looking at that house or buying that house, that's why you should have had a buyer broker agreement. You definitely should have one. And then you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about any of this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's sticky. It's a mess. It is. It is. But, and that's why I think this is, buyers this is what it is. Agent, even though most people disagree with me. Well, and I think they ultimately are right now, but they don't realize they are. So they needs to be a clearer line. It can't be. A it's t- a clearer line. The whole point of all of these changes based on NAR's, you know, change in policy this past week has been to make buyer brokerage duties, buyer brokerage in general, more transparent to the consumer. Right, right. now it's not. Yeah. 
you could go pull 10 consumers off the street and ask them how their buyer's agent gets paid. And I'll bet you not one of them would have an accurate, an accurate answer for you. And that would probably include an agent. If you ask 10 people, <laughs> it would probably include an agent. And that agent isn't going to know how the buyer's work. That's so true. And it is interesting. Transparency is interesting, right? Because yes, I, I believe in transparency, but I also, it's very difficult to explain what we do for some reason. And to have the expectation that transparency equals understanding is not correct. I, I see what you're saying because I do think that there is, it's a complicated business, especially when you take into consideration the code of ethics. Yeah. So trying to explain this particular scenario to someone that's not in the business, they're going to look at you like you have three heads and everything's spinning. Yeah. You have to really be in it to understand it. So that's why I think transparency and breaking it down into manageable pieces Except and coming gonna... up with the right scripts to explain it in such a way that the transaction pays for it. So that means the seller I, pays some and I pay some. They're going to think that they've got to come up with that money too as a check, like in cash. Well, and that's, and that's why you have a buyer consult. I mean, you and I have talked about this a million and one times and we can beat a dead horse all day long about this, yeah. about buyer agency agreements and buyer consults. Mm -hmm. This is what a buyer consultation is. Yeah, exactly. How, again, would you list a property and just do a drive-by, like literally open the car door, throw the sign in the yard and walk away and then hope something's going to happen? I mean, I have. I mean, you don't, you have paperwork for that. So, yeah. and that's, that's part of a script that I use with a buyer too, is if I'm listing a property, so there's listing agents and buyer's agents. If you're selling a property, we have paperwork to do. Yeah. If you're buying a property, we have paperwork to do. Right. It's, it's, just common, you, it's a common thing. Are you hiring me to help you buy or sell a house? Like, are you right. hiring me to do that? And until you hire me, I cannot work for you. This exactly. is, don't understand why it's so hard. Stop it. Well, and it, it, you come, come back to license law. Explain, Illinois license law does not permit me to perform broker duties for you, which would be blah, 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 blah whatever these things are that you're asking me mm -hmm. to do. I can't do them until we have a written agreement. Yeah. Because if the lady from the state comes in and looks at my records and sees that I sold you a property and I have no documentation around it, now I might have a problem. Exactly. That makes sense. There's, there's <sighs> a lot to it. There's a lot. Well, Rachel, so we, break it, we broke it down. I kind of feel beat up a little bit. Do you a little Even bit? Even though we agree, <laughs> I still feel beat up. That's a special skill. <laughs> <laughs> it's a resume builder. <laughs> It's, it's a red light. I beat you up, but I do it well. <laughs> You're so good. Um, if people have a referral for you in Illinois or they have a question, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Best way to reach me is by cell phone at 630-542-8688 or via email at rreal at dealwithreal.com. Love it. Have a good day, Rachel. Yes, you too. Thanks, Jen.